You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadriza Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast all about resiliency and overcoming obstacles. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Today, I will be speaking with the college's head coach of our men's basketball team, Gary Martin. Coach Martin is in his first year as the head coach of the men's basketball at Central Penn College and has coached basketball in various local programs at both high school and college levels for over 25 years. Here are some of the highlights from Coach Martin's career. During his six seasons as head coach at Greencastle High School, Coach Martin compiled an 87-57 record. This included three mid-pen championships, four District 3 playoff appearances, and one PIAA state playoff berth. In 2012-13, he was named Boys Basketball Coach of the Year by the Chambersburg Public Opinion. In 2016, Coach Martin returned to his alma mater, Susquehanna Township High School, for five seasons. During his coaching, the team qualified for district playoffs for five years and state playoffs for two years. Coach Martin graduated from Susquehanna Township High School and played basketball at Lock Haven University. He has a BS in education. Coach Martin is employed by UPMC Harrisburg at Harrisburg Hospital. He resides in Harrisburg with his wife, Karen, and has two sons, Jordan and Andrew, and seven grandchildren. On today's episode with Coach Martin, we will talk more about his personal life and the way he finds balance day in and out. Join me in welcoming Coach Gary Martin on this episode of The Bridge. about you said you had a lot of mentors throughout your life you had coaches but you had the faculty side of it where people were mentoring you who were some of your your biggest mentors and inspirations I, I would first start off with in the uh, in the classroom I had guidance counselors that we were like sort of on first name basis because they knew I wanted to get a certain grade they knew I'd do anything and work as hard as yeah. I could to get there sometimes I just needed felt like I needed a little extra help or mm-hmm. someone to to look over my work that I just sure. had just done and you know they would say you know you want to check this out that looks pretty good there you know not looking for answers like to do my work no, or no, anything to help you just just to help me and guide right. me in the, in the right directions in the right directions on certain classes and subjects and it was a lot of it I was I thought I was pretty decent at math but it was sometimes it was English and it was um and it was like when we got to sort of higher level maths mm-hmm. for me that, you know, I needed some help. And my coaches, uh, all of them, uh, especially in high school, you know, we, we had a talented team and it didn't have to be me as that as that starter. Right. I mean, we felt the competition that if you fell off a little bit, the next guy was was right there. And, mm-hmm. and he kept the competition where it was it was competitive but still friendly fire. It wasn't like it at all costs. You, know, you know, he wasn't pitting us against each no, other. No, no. It was like the resources that each player could bring, and we all had our own worth. And and he, and he was fantastic. He's still living his now. His name is Bill Gaffey. He was one of the first people uh-huh. to reach out when I landed this job. And, and back at Susquehanna, that was his head job there. And okay. When I got that job, he, he contacted me, and he said – he said, "You're going in your first game." He said, "Half the half the, half the state's going to win tonight, and half's going to lose." He said, "So just remember, whatever happens, you're in good company either way." 
and oh, always supportive. Oh man, very very in. Now he still runs like uh, spooky note programs and stuff. Oh, so, sure. So okay. I see him down there. So my coaches, Bill Gaffey, Mr. Brem, Mr. Grimm, those guys were fantastic. Our guidance counselor, Miss McCready's, she was always there for me. And uh, and of course, just like um, guys that were just community guys that you would see that asked you, your bus driver, mm-hmm. hey, coach, you got a big one tonight. Can you guys win this one? You know, guys that cared that way as yeah. well. So so that was always very nice. And, and then, of course, now kids that I've coached in the past and that want to come to college and they want to play here and, you know, they send a text email. And so many have been in the gym That's great. with us at our games here at Central Penn. That's great. Yeah. So – I'm sure you've seen between your own coaches that you've had from the time you were seven, eight, mm-hmm. all through college, or maybe maybe coaches you've worked with, or maybe coaches you've seen across the way, or mm-hmm. it's not across, you guys are on the same side of the court, but you know what I'm saying, um, qualities that you've admired in coaches, so like the mentors that you're talking about, qualities that you saw that you take with you when you're coaching, a little bit about your coaching philosophy. Well, first, I would say, and this is or a sh- what not to do, right? That's right because I'm sure you had some coaches terrific. that may not have been so great. That's correct. Well, one that I really picked up, and it doesn't have a lot to do with winning or losing. It was just the way I was taught as a coach to handle yourself professionally, and we all can potentially lose yeah. our self a little bit and sure. get over overreact. But it was always try to be as cool and calm as you can. Realize that your team is looking at you and how you handle a situation. Whether it's a good call, a bad call, your players see you and how you handle it. That's true. Another one was always try to have a good appearance. Be on the court. Be something that if people are looking at you, they say, hey, your coach, he sets a good example. He's dressed nicely. He's soft-spoken. You know, not a pushover soft-spoken. No, no, no. But, I get it. But enough that you can be approachable. It's your demeanor. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. And I learned that from Coach Gaffey. He was one of those guys that he was always ready every every day. And, and now he wore a tie, but it was usually something funny. It was a, a picture <laughs> of a basketball or a clown. It was always something a little to lighten the mood for, especially yeah. in big events yeah. when he knew we were stressing and, and how we really wanted to win a game. And he would lighten the mood that way. And then also learn from coaches that no matter how upset you are, you know, be the best person you can. Don't lash out at your players. They just kicked the ball across the court. They kicked over a chair. You stay calm. You handle the situation. Right. But don't put fire on fire, so to speak. And well, no, you'll spin the whole team up. Absolutely. Right? right. I mean, that's, and you, you see that when the coach loses it, mm-hmm. the players start to lose it. It's a domino effect. Fans lose it, parents lose right. it. Right. Yeah, I, I want to really quick hit on something you talked about, the, and I noticed you dress very nice at the games. You're Thank all you. dressed up. You and I noticed how sharp you looked. Are you superstitious at all? Do you wear certain colors? Do you have weird routines where you put your socks on a certain way? I know this is a big athlete thing, and and I have them as a fan, so I can only imagine someone like you that's played and coached. What are what are I, your rituals? I do, and uh, <laughs> and and you get to a point where. You, you have a, a good one where, oh, it's working really well. Well, this blue suit's been... Well, then you stick with it forever. You, you, you <laughs> sort of do until you lose. Until you lose, and then it doesn't count anymore. <laughs> that, that, that is correct. And you, you pull out a certain tie, and it gives you memory. Oh, man, remember I wore this one? So 
after so many years of coaching, you start. I'm starting to get them now where it's like, go out, be the best you can, and stay positive, stay focused, because you'll start confusing yourself on what works and what doesn't right, after right, so many. Right. So it's always now just try to be prepared, have your notes, make sure you have your, your guys really prepared. And the more you have them to prepare, the better coach you look. And, For sure. And I have a great captain in Nate. Nate, He's uh, great. oh, he tries to do everything. He tries to do everything to help everybody to the point, if you watch him, he's running here, there, and everywhere. And uh, Nate has really bought in. And he's almost sort of fighting battles for me that sometimes I say, Nate, I'll take it from here. Because he's really, really trying. He was like, come on, guys, let's let's do this. And he's a smaller guy, so they're looking at him. He's looking up at him. So so I, I appreciate all his energy, all his effort. And sometimes I say, Nate, see what I'm saying? I mean, this is this is how it is. Sometimes you you but at least you're not joining what's not right. Right. You still stand your ground. You still compete. And as I'm watching, then I sort of like come in and say, All right, I'll take it from here, Nate. But hey, you you gave it a great effort and and more and more guys are really right on page with us now and and I think this new year has been fantastic so far. I was really worried about who was going to make it back for twenty twenty two and to see everyone here, it's it's that's it's incredible. Great. That's that's a really big win. It, that's something to celebrate because not many teams can say that. So I think I just think that's exciting. And I know the record's not what you want it to be, but our knights play hard. They play competitively. The men's games are electric. They're exciting to watch. So tell me what you think about the men's basketball team in terms of teamwork defense what are our current strengths we have good numbers right now we're up to 12 players early on in the season we had nine or eight at certain at certain junctions of the season with whether someone's sick whether oh, yeah. we're doing pro protocol or something but ultimately uh our strengths now are becoming numbers and so many guys mm-hmm. that push each other and now we're getting our our continuity where we know plays, we're not thinking them as much as is doing them. You know, I can see when I call play, they're looking at each other and we're reacting slowly, but now it's starting to click. And I think that's really helping us. And then we just have guys that can that can run all day. I mean, yeah. we have guys that can run, can jump, can shoot. And even when we were losing some games early on, you could just see that if they could all get on the same page at the same right, time, right, how talented we right. can be. And I also look at them as what can I call it? I think the five that are on the court all know at the same time to be able to pass it from A, B to C to, to get the bucket. And, and we play some really good competition. Oh, yeah. So we know that any miscues, our opponent's going to really pick up on it. Mm-hmm. And we have just the one senior, so we're not coming with a lot of guys that play three years That's in true. a row. So we're trying to fast track and, and, and get it together. And I feel like we, we really are. And I think these remaining seven or eight games that we have, we should fare considerably on our favor. Now you're, you're, you seem like a really optimistic man. You're, you're hopeful. You, you have a lot of hope and, and excitement. 
How do you keep a team motivated when the record's not what they what they want it to be? And they're the hardest on themselves. I mean, you can you can see it, right? You can see like a loss can affect them. So how do you motivate them in those moments? And, and you're absolutely right. Um, I try to be very positive, and our guys are very positive until something goes awry, <laughs> which will inevitably happen. It's it, going it, to happen. Exactly right. So. I can't walk into a locker room in a game where we're down seven or eight points and want to toss a clipboard on the floor. I have to come in and highlight on on the positives. Guys, the efforts right there were right there. Do you know this yeah. team's 11-2? and two. We just yeah. played Penn State Mount Alto, and they're 11-2. and two. And I'm looking at their guys as we're warming up, and I'm thinking, guys, we, we can compete in this game. We can win. We're down seven at half. And, you know, you look back, we missed three – Three free throws. We turned the ball over four times. If we could just stay together, concentrate on the, the second half, yeah. we came out the locker room. We cut that lead. We took a four-point lead in that game. Everything was going well then. Now you pick up a couple fouls. You get a guy that throws a pass wrong. Another yeah. guy looks at him a little awkwardly. They stare down each other a little bit. So then you got to call a timeout, bring them back together, say, gosh, you're right there. Stay focused. Keep your composure. You know, you love what you're doing. Yeah. You need your teammates. You have to work together. And we know as soon as the game's over, they might be a little bit upset. We get back in the van. We talk in the van. What can we do differently? And that's where the van rides really do right. come in handy. Right. And, you know, sometimes I have to say, hey, guys, can you remove your earbuds for a second? We're going to chat a little bit on the way home. And for the most part, living together like they do is so helpful. Yeah. yeah. And I just think – you know, we know how much fun it is when we win, and mm-hmm. we love that feeling. Mm-hmm. So this week we have four days of practice before we play on Saturday. We have our study hall on Wednesday. We have a really nice week planned, and we're looking forward to playing uh, Bucks. And we feel like we're going to we're going to ride our ship on Saturday. There has never been a more exciting time to be a part of Central Penn Knights Athletics. As you know, our baseball team had the opportunity to play at FNB Field in the 2022 season, and now our men's and women's soccer teams are following suit, calling the Skyline Sports Complex on City Island their home this season. This summer, our volleyball team kicks off their inaugural season while our soccer teams return to the pitch after a layoff due to the pandemic. Later this year, our men's and women's basketball team hit the courts, and our co-ed esports team gets their first attempt at varsity competition. There are so many ways that you can get involved. First, stop by www.centralpennights.com for schedules, rosters, and updated information on all of our athletic teams. Then, stop by givebutter.com central-penn-college to learn about all of the ways you can support our athletes. Interested in being a future knight? Stop by centralpennights.com slash recruits slash info form to request more information from our admissions department, coaches, or to get a personalized tour of what we have to offer our student-athletes. Again, for all of your information regarding Central Penn Knights Athletics, stop by www.centralpennights.com for all the information you'll need about our upcoming summer and fall sports. Central Penn College opportunities start here
have a lot of open communication. You talk a lot of things through. You kind of force them to take out the air, you know, I was Mm going to say AirPods, but whatever headphones they have and talk to each other. What are other strategies you have to build a sense of a team, especially when you have a brand new team, you're coming back after a pandemic year when a lot of these guys haven't played at all. How do you how do you build cohesion and a team? Well, we're sort of fortunate with small groups within the team right now where we have three or four guys that are buddies. And then we have a whole group of, of nine freshmen. So they're wow, all learning okay. each other, which is which yeah. is nice with that. Good then, for them, too. Yes, yes. And then we have the upperclassmen that they're sort of showing them the ropes as far as only one freshman starts and the upperclassmen are the other four starters. Okay. So they're seeing that on the court where the older guys are the leadership and the younger guys are – sort of feeling like we're ready for this as well. And it's really made practice pretty, pretty competitive. And, you know, when you have good, friendly, competitive competition, I think it's only going to make us that much better. And, you know, when it does get out of hand a little bit, Mm -hmm. then you blow the whistle and you say, we can do other drills instead of competing that way. And they're understanding about two months into it now that we'll play, we'll have good things as long as we keep it together as a team. And, and, I really love the kids. I mean, they're for as much as isn't going right at times, it's still bonding in love yeah. as as a group. And you know, we we just sort of respect each other, and it's good. and uh, I think it's going to really pay off for us. And the fact you know that you can you can go to college. It's the first time for in college for a lot of these students, and you get to play a collegiate sport. That's not a small thing. Those are memories you will have the rest of your life and be able to talk to other people about it. So that's really exciting. Last basketball type question. Did you watch, I'm not sure if you saw the series on Netflix, Last Chance You. Did you watch I, that or I hear have not, about but it? I've heard so many great oh, things man. about it. So I watched, you know, I watched, I'm a big football fan. So I watched the football episodes. Then they had a basketball season and they, they and the season took place the year 19, so the academic year 1920 was when it was taped. So you see this team, and it's really focused on community colleges, but you see the heart and soul that these coaches put into developing students. A lot of the mentoring that you're talking about, the learning center hours that you're talking about, and then you you see, unfortunately, like they're this one team that just really rises to the top. They get to the end, and they're ready to go to the finals, and the team hasn't been there ever um the coach has been working his whole life for this and then it literally it's the day that the the whole world goes on lockdown and these kids miss their final season but they follow up and you see what happens you should watch that show because i think as a coach um when you see it you're going to recognize some of our students and the stories and and how you know hard they have to work to come to college and to play and it's it's just really exciting so some of what you were saying was resonating with me so Understood. That'd be a good bingeable show for you sure. and your family. And and I've been you're about the fifth person. I'm sure that to because me. it's really you cannot help but get invested in their stories and you're cheering them on and it's it's an emotional emotional show. All right, so we're going to shift gears to our last session segments and we're going to talk about your personal life. Okay. Um, and you're married. Yes. Two grown sons, Jordan and Andrew. That's correct. Is that correct? Yes. And you have seven grandchildren? Seven grands. Okay. So you they must all keep you and your wife, Karen, very busy. <laughs> any any athletes among the grandkids or your sons? Did your sons play at all? My sons played and uh they were they were pretty good. I would say 
I was hoping they'd be a little taller than I am. And they're, 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 <laughs> the one is really near. Okay. Uh, he's probably 6'2". And the other one is, sorry to say, he's under six feet. But um, <laughs> and, and he's the older of the oh, two. Oh, no. So his, him and his brother had some had some battles playing. They played high school basketball. And after after they played, they sort of fell in love. The one was going to go to Eastern Mennonite, which I was super happy. I thought yeah. church school. I figured he would get his degree. He would yeah. do those things. And he ended up marrying early. And he he originally didn't want to go to school right away because his, his uh, wife was a year behind. Okay. So he was going to wait. And dad <laughs> said that's probably not the best idea. But well, you know, what do you know? You're only his dad. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so he waited. And um, after waiting, they decided next, I guess, to have a kid in marriage. And mm-hmm. now they have three little girls. Wow. Three and girls. Three you have girls, girls now. Yes. Never had any. And right. Now you have three granddaughters with him, and they're cheerleaders. So that's... Oh, how fun. Yes, yes. Grandpa used to have her on the basketball court, and she played YBA with the boys and could rebound, and Mom talked her into cheerleading. She was a cheerleader, so so she cheerleaded, and she was actually part of the Baltimore Ravens cheerleading. Oh, um, like a camp? Yes. Oh, fun. And the, I'll say the coach was their coach, and they went to Ravens games and things on oh, the sideline. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. So that's how his girls are. The other two are very young. They're three and five. Oh, they're little. Yes. So okay. they're, they're, they want to sled and yeah, things like that in the backyard. Of course, naturally. <laughs> then my my older son, Jordan, has two girls. Uh, he has one girl and three boys. Okay. So sort of just just, okay. just the opposite. And his, his boys are just... Poor little peanuts. They're so so short and small, and they they play they play t ball and things like that. Okay, and like you said, getting involved in sports in general. Getting involved. And that's that's all that really matters. Is your son Jordan named after the yes, Michael absolutely, Jordan? Absolutely. <laughs> did you watch that documentary? I, at least I did. I okay. did watch that one. Man. And how and, about that? And yes, that was fantastic. Fantastic. And, and to have like sort of felt like you lived it and knew a bunch of I it know. was was, I know. was was very nice there too. And 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 my my little Jordan, he never got the size or anything that, but he he's a huge fan, and uh, of all sports. And then his daughter is a cheerleader, and she's okay. upwards of about maybe five nine. And would, I think would make an excellent basketball player. She's my height. But let me tell you, that doesn't make you an excellent basketball <laughs> player because I can't tell you how many coaches tried to get me to play. And I love the sport. I am just not talented. So I, too, was a cheerleader. So don't pick on her. I'm not picking on her. I, I, I go <laughs> Bring watch those cheer. babies to these games. Bring your granddaughters to our games. I we ha- we have you. some students here that are trying to start some cheerleading. Maybe your your granddaughters can come. They they have cheer us been, on. and I will definitely tell them to be a part of the cheerleading. <laughs> All right, there. good. I love it. Um, just a few more questions. We're getting we're getting low on time here. Throughout your career, I mean, you've had careers, you've had a family. Was there ever a point that that finding balance between priorities was difficult? Particularly, maybe when your boys were little, um, when you were working and coaching and coaching your you're with these kids a lot, and that becomes almost like a second family, right? So, so how do you, how did you cope in those moments with trying to, to balance and maybe what lessons have you learned? 
you know, when when you bring these stories up, it makes you think back. And yeah. right now, I'm in such a great place. I know. Isn't it nice to be <laughs> such, able to look back and say, remember how bad that was yes, yes. compared to where you are? And some decisions you made that, oh, I had it was way more than you could handle, but at the time you thought you could. But that's how you learn, right? You're exactly right. Yeah. But it all started when my kids were starting to get to the point where they were playing. And you're coaching somewhere else, and it's like, mm. and you're missing your kid versus coaching. But these jobs are, they're not just a, a, a dime a dozen. They're there, and, you know, schools are trying to get the best candidate. You're competing yeah. for these positions. Yeah. You're interviewing. You're being background investigated. Schools are trying to bring the best person in, and when that's always what they're doing, you want to be a part of something like that. So I had to weigh out, you know, can you pick the kids up today while I have practice? We were juggling our schedules. Mm-hmm. So for the very early days, I, was, I wasn't I was coaching for pay. Right. My kids were born in 88. It took about six or seven years later before I started coaching, like in 94. I'd bring them along then, yeah. and they had lots of gym time themselves. <laughs> they knew all our players. It was it was great, and it sort of reminded me when I was young, and the older guys in the community would bring me along. So, right. so it was right. like full circle. And then as I got a little a little older, more years of coaching, they were playing, and I don't regret that I was a head coach where my ki- kids were playing somewhere else because it was only like a year or so. But yeah. but ultimately, if you can wait, I would I would have seen my kids finish up. But my one son seemed to have some really good games when I wasn't there. I don't Less know. Less pressure. Yes. Dad's not there watching. That's exactly yeah. right. And then we talked about it when I'm on my bus ride home, and he's riding home himself. He's driving now as a senior. He's mm-hmm. telling me how great he played, and I'm like, that's great. I said, um, maybe I should have coached and didn't watch your games a long, <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> and we laughed about that, and he's a big supporter of us here at Central Penn. He's here with the girls watching us quite a bit. You know, that's that's really special. And I, it's nice to hear you talk about that. I think as parents, we put a lot more pressure on ourselves and a lot more guilt on ourselves when we can't be there. Often to find that our kids were really just fine, right? And exactly. love love what you do and support what you do. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And what sure. you what you did when your boys were younger and you started to realize it, I talk about it a lot on the podcast, it's work-life integration. Your kids don't have to be completely separate. They can come to the gym, That's right, correct. and watch while you're coaching and play. And I'm sure they have fond memories of that. And your players probably got a kick out of it, they, right? They did, and we, we talk about it to this day. Because we're all sort of in the same area. And, yeah. Yeah. You must get a lot of gratitude, too, seeing some of the, the young men that you've coached through the years starting their own lives and succeeding and and going off to college. And some of them probably coach their own kids now. It's, right. it's probably pretty gratifying. It, it, it's fantastic. And I hear them now. Some of them are coaching, and they're doing drills with their kids that I remember I was teaching them those drills. and. If you didn't look, you could awesome. you could say, "Man, that almost sounds exactly how I run I a practice." Was yeah, that's exciting. All right, so we are at the end of the podcast. We end each podcast with a rapid fire series of questions. Okay, just the first response off the top of your head. Okay, all right. All right number one, top song, group, or artist on your playlist, or who do you most frequently listen to? 
Oh, goodness. I don't have a playlist. I'm serious. XM Radio. <laughs> okay, well, what station? That's where, That works, too. Oh, I'm on Mad Dog Sports, and it's not music. It's actually <laughs> it's actually a sports channel. But if I do go to to channels, it's the groove on, on nice. uh, Sirius. Nice, nice. All right, dog or cat? Dog. But I will tell you, cat is much easier. It is, but every single guest that I've had the last two years have all said dog. Talk. Every single one. All right, best thing that happened to you this month or over the course of the last month? New Year's coming in 2020, celebrating it with a small group. 2022, not Absolutely. 2020. Absolutely, I'm sorry. Please, don't go back to that. But yeah, New Year's is fun. Uh, favorite beverage? Uh, it used to be Coors Light, but now it's... Uh, I'm supposed to be rapidly firing. This That's is a okay. That's Gatorade. Right. Gatorade. <laughs> okay. Best piece of advice you could give to Central Penn College students? Best piece of advice. You're at a great place. Take full advantage of it. I'm finding out there are more and more Central Penn graduates in this area, and I'm talking high-profile people. You're in a great place. Coach Martin, thank you so much. We know how busy you are, so thank you for making us part of your day, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here with you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bridge, hosted by Central Penn College President Linda Fadrizzi-Williams. If you enjoyed this episode please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizzi-Williams. We'll see you next time. <laughs>